Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 30-5 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm caffeinated. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music, we listen to the music. Pernell drinks more coffee. Was this all coffee? That was all coffee and now it's not. <laughs> That's now it's gone. And now it's all going to be you, half the show, you running to the bathroom. That's right. But I got iced tea to keep me company while I'm in the bathroom. That is so in- moving. incredible. All right. So last week was our special Patreon episode where we listened to um, music about monsters. Monsters! Which was awesome. We had some great music that wasn't chock full of Digimon and Pokemon, but just enough, just enough Digimon and Pokemon to make me happy. So I got to make a comment, though. So last week's episode, I got all lamenty about the Shimagami Tensei Five release and how GameStop was giving me the Rear Admiral and not getting it to me in time. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to just get off my butt and go looking for it. I can't wait. I can't wait." And sure enough, I followed follow through on that. Saturday morning, I woke up. I was like, "Let me see if I can just find the collector's edition somewhere in this region." And I started doing like plot points in the area, like different zip codes. Within a 400-mile radius, I found one copy in central New Jersey, and I drove there to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the way home, I got a text message, like, your package is being shipped. So I had a you second drove, one You drove practically to New York City just to get SMT5. Yes, because yeah. I wanted to play it before all the everybody no. spoiled it for me. Well, you went to a mall that I used to play DDR at, and I would travel like every week to, so I totally... So you understand. I, I feel you. I mean, I'm right there. But um, on the positive, in the end, uh, I had a second copy, and a friend of mine who lives in upstate New York was like, oh, crap, send it to me. Send it to me. I'll buy it off you. So I charged them basically the game, the tax, the tolls, <laughs> and the, the tolls. shipping. And I was like, you can pay all those <laughs> charges. It's all yours. I'm not even taking the profit. Tolls? You bet your butt I did. Oh, my God. I'm not paying for tolls if I'm giving him the goods. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so before we get any further into the show, and, and with me talking to Pernell about the uh, tolls on the roads um i want to say that uh next week is going to be our anniversary show six years of rhythm and pixels is mind-blowing we are going to be it's going to be extra long we're going to be counting down each of our top 10 tracks of the past year that we've listened to pernell is going to rank them this time no he's not pernell can't rank we'll rank them for him your soundtrack is so bland (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got the best I got. Um, so for more information on the anniversary show, you can check us out on Facebook or our Instagram or our Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels. It's all one word. Or rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and there'll be links to that. It'll be a live stream event for everyone to come and hang out and listen to some jams with us. And I did have one more thought, and then we'll stop because Kevin's brother, like, what the heck, guys? Um, so I caught a memory that came up on my thing. That might even if it's like even if it's for the podcast anniversary or the three hundredth. I don't know which one, but we should do uh, another game tournament thing like we did before. Yes, because I want to win online. I yes, win live. Actually, I should have talked to you about scheduling before we started the show, but we'll talk after the show. Oh right, because um, I've got double Thanksgivings this year. Oh snap! And you're, invi- you're invited to both. So hey, I, I got a gut to fill. So all right, balance so, out. All right. Um, so this week, we're talking about voice acting, and we have a very special guest with us. Yes, we do. This is a friend of mine from the Illinois area. I've known him for a long time, and I think yeah, a lot of times in this show, I've been talking up the game of, uh, you know, if you want to do something, you should just start. You should get moving, get going with it, and I think he is a prime example of someone who said he wanted to do something, 
he put in the effort and just got into it, and now he's doing it. So, without further ado, Rob. Thank you. Oh, stop. <laughs> so we have Kevin. Kevin Kevin Komet, is that right? Yes, sir. That's right. Awesome. Yep. Well, thanks for being on the show with us. Can you tell us? Uh, yeah, no. Thank uh, you for having me. Um, so how long have you been a fan of Purnell's? It's like, <laughs> hey, uh, you can say zero. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, about 16 years. That's oh, I was expecting zero years, but I'll take 16. That's, 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 that's a lot more. So, yeah, so our show uh, is is a little bit music-focused. Obviously, we listen to a lot of music, but we talk about games and, and it, the, the music context within the games. This is a very special episode in which we're going to be talking about, I guess, the voice acting context within the games as well. And normally, we wouldn't play a lot of voice acting on the show we probably want to play a lot of voice acting on the show because we tend to talk over the music and that will kind of gum up the works if we have both things going on but we will gab (laughs) oh we shall gab so and kevin himself is honestly very skilled voice actor and he's coming very much into his own and i gotta say like i've been like listening to some of his like kill like he's like like he had like what was the thing you were doing like every week you'd like record yourself doing like a like a voice work challenge or something Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's just uh, something as a, a 38-year-old man I never wanted to say, but I have a TikTok account. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> on TikTok, they, they do, uh, there's some other voice actors on there that oh. like to do duet challenges. Oh. And they'll, you know, they'll have kind of uh, some dialogue up there and then the rules or whatever, and you just kind of go for it and just have fun with it. So... I just use TikTok to make these videos to just share on my other social media accounts to create some easy content while I have some downtime. And I got to tell you, as a much more ancient, almost ancient old ones man, I've listened to those TikTok videos and I've immediately came to realize that this guy's got an amazing set of bit of range. Um, He's very good at what he does. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm astonished because... For as much I appreciate as that. I have, and I like to try to like, hey, listen to me doing these wacky voices or whatever. I don't have that kind of range, and I know it. So to hear you pull it off is, is honestly amazing to me. So thank you. But let's talk about some games. What are some, what are some games when you think of voice acting in games? Where, where are some of the initial ones that like pop in your head? Good, good or okay. bad. Good or bad. And because we're talking about games here, games is as a medium is a lot younger than like say movies, right, or mm-hmm. radio. So we can say that some of this is not the best. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm sure people listening are going to be like, "Oh, he's going to say The Last of Us and stuff like that." And so I'm going to say The Last of Us. <laughs> Don't and, disappoint. Uh, yeah, I I actually have never played the game, but uh, I was getting ready for um, a job that I had gotten, and um, I didn't know what it was or whatever. So I was like, I need to just rehearse or practice or whatever. And so I went on YouTube and pulled up all of the cutscenes from that game, and I was watching and mimicking and learning, and and it really just kind of like helped out. So yeah, The Last of Us is really good. Um, and then I mean, the games that I chose uh, for the, with the music for this episode today uh, has I chose them because of the voice acting in them. Yes. So I don't know if you want to wait to get to the songs to talk about you, those. You know what? This you you created a segue, and we're just gonna like walk through the door. We're just gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Let's so yeah, and we like to start with our guests. So of the tracks that you picked, um, which do you do you have them in front of you? I do. Which one would you like to start with? 
Uh, let's just start with the uh, we'll uh, we'll go with the twisted metal one. All right, so we're gonna listen to the track um, "Twisted Metal Theme" from Twisted Metal Two for the PlayStation yeah. One. This this takes me way back. Uh, the composers on this are Chuck E. Myers, Lance Lenart, and Tom Hopkins. <laughs> That was the theme from Twisted Metal 2 for the PlayStation 1, composed by Chuck E. Myers, Lance Lenart, and Tom Hopkins. And that was picked by our guest, Kevin. And then we've already got a little bit of that, uh, that that evil clown laughing, right? I'm assuming it's the evil clown. The sweet tooth. He's yeah. not evil. He's misunderstood. The misunderstood. No, he's very evil. Okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pulling out the rock from under me. No, but I mean, like, he, he was like the face of this game because once you, once you realize that this game is just cars shooting each other with missiles and that you could be a, an ice cream truck, why would you want to be anything else in that game? Because there was also a bulldozer. But an ice cream truck. Ice cream dozer, and then you imagine I mean, the, cl- the clown driving the, the ice cream truck. <laughs> the 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 Grim Reaper on the motorcycle. And, I mean, like that that guy was that guy was like the best. And no armor, but man, his special tore things up. What was? Do you remember what the special was? Because I I had forgotten so much about this game. Just sitting around drinking Mountain Dew with my friends in like <laughs> like high school or like I guess early high school. Maybe it's just junior high. It would have been. That would have been high school. It would have been us. high school for us. Yeah, it would have been high school for us. Um, playing this game at like two or three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Mr. Grin. I think his his name is Mr. Grin, and uh, his special is just basically like he shoots like a flaming skull out of the front of his motorcycle, and it just goes in a straight line. There's no tracking to it. it doesn't follow cars, mm-hmm. but it's just like if you land that shot, man, that's like mega damage. That's so like it's to kill. You don't have to do anything special. Just like aim yeah. and fire. Yeah, yeah. Time it right, and, and man, you're you're good to go. Now I don't remember a lot of the voice acting from this game. Again, I treated right. this. We talked about this when the song started playing, but I treated this game like a like a fighting game. So I didn't really think so much about the story. But was there? Yeah. I guess there was more voice acting outside of just the guy, the guys in the cars yelling at each other. Uh, yeah. So I mean, each car, each character had their own. You know, they, if they win the tournament, they get a wish from and. In Twisted Metal 2, it wasn't the devil. It was uh, Calypso who kind of screwed the devil over oh. in, the first ga- in the first game. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, it's this guy named Calypso. And uh, at the end of every... At, when you beat the game, he's always like, um, I am Calypso, and I thank you for playing Twisted Metal. <laughs> and like stuff like that, right? And I love that guy's voice. That guy is like childhood memory to me, and um, the actor's name is uh, Mel Murren. Uh, Mel, uh, Mel Murren. Mel McMurren. 
And uh, I was I was doing some research on him for this show and mm-hmm. trying to like see what else he's done, and it kind of made me sad. He's okay. He's okay. He's <laughs> oh, not, well, they you got yeah. He's a Nazi. Gonna, We're like, oh my god. <laughs> no, he. It's, I mean, he he just like he was Calypso in all of the Twisted Metal games, mm-hmm. and then he was in maybe like three other PC games for like kids, where he was like, oh. I think one of them he was like a talking dinosaur or something. Uh, but a- after that, I mean, basically, like, Twisted Metal, like, nine, like that was it, you know? And so he hasn't really done any video games or cartoons or anything. Interesting. And I was just like, man, his, his voice is just so good. I wonder and, 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 if like, this was a case of where he maybe, maybe he worked at the game studio and they were like, hey, man, we need you to do a voice. And he's like, I could do yeah. that. Yeah, and he just kind of jumps in and does it. I, it's very possible because I can definitely say just from, like, even from some of the tracks I ended up picking... Uh, that was definitely the vibe back in the day before, because voice acting now is, in my opinion, it's a pretty interestingly large industry. Yeah. But back in the day, it literally was a matter of, well, we got a couple interns in the back. Yo, you want to voice this character for a slice of pizza? Would I? <laughs> it runs yeah. out. You know, I, I, I bet you're bored of like, you know, hitting that stapler on the papers all day long because that, I mean, that's what we do in offices. But maybe you can also um, be the voice of uh, Link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, that's right. That's right. We, we need you to, to, to do some uh, some voice acting for when Link gets hit by things. So what do you mean? They just start like, hitting him with like staplers. Okay, now we want you to scream very loudly for a long period of time, and then we're not going to give you a throat lozenge. Now do Link. Yeah. Now do Link. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was just uh, I was just doing an audition before we uh, connected for the show, and it called for battle sounds like that, um, attacking and taking damage. And for whatever reason, when I do that, I get the hiccups. Okay. <laughs> so then I was like, I, I was like hiccuping really bad. And then I finally got those done. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I don't have the hiccups like the entirety of this show. Luckily, they went away. It's like, oh, lucky good. for you, this character's a battle hardened alcoholic drunk. He's hiccuping all the time. It's like, you're ready yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about like noise canceling on our microphones. I don't, we don't have hiccup canceling yet, so we we we, yeah. we, we, we would have rescheduled Kevin. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, we, they have D clicker, but they don't have D hiccupper. Yeah, exactly. Yet, all right, um, we can pioneer that stuff. This was a short track, so we're gonna we're gonna push on to this is an odd numbered episode, so we're gonna go with Purnell. Oh yeah, you know how I do. So. This comes from, honestly, I feel like a number of these are going to come from games I've played before, but it's just because of the nature of this episode. I wanted to hit games that were pretty much the beginning of my voice act, my voice work journey, like voices and games. Yeah, I did, this, I did the same thing, actually. Well, mostly the same thing. So this first game is probably the first instance of a game where I really was like, wow, there's voice work in this game. The characters are talking. Um, and this is Dragon Slayer The Legend of Heroes from the Turbo Duo. Um, console. This is the dungeon theme composed by Meiko Ishikawa and Masaki Kawai.
Um, welcome back. Oh, shit. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> You're listening to the dungeon theme from the game Dun- Dragon Slayer, The Legend of Heroes for the Turbo Duo CD system, composed by Maiko Ishikawa and Masaki Kawai. So my, my main reasoning behind choosing this track is twofold, essentially. One, this is probably one of if not the first instances of like legitimate like voice work i've heard in a game like mm. where i actually boot up a game they go into a sequence like wait the characters are talking what's yeah. going on here it, like it, it blows your mind when, when you first hear this stuff yes it does you're just used to reading like um, um uh, characters from final fantasy saying oh my gosh can't think of their names you know fighter fighter <laughs> fighter says i attack for they five never hit points. talk but cecil did and cecil, that man was a man of words yeah, yeah yeah exactly but like there's nothing not, not even like a like a sims like nothing nothing like that just sound effects yeah until now and like but the second reason behind this is that and this kind of went for a lot of work in some of working designs earlier stuff but this one especially this is like the the best example i could think of for voice work being done by folks who are likely either company interns or family (laughs) members who were brought in to fill the void like I sent some links to Rob in case it comes up. If he has time to throw them in later, we can. I'll throw, but, I, I, I might. I might go back and like edit in some fun, fun little things. But like, there's this, like there's like two sequences I sent him where like the character, like one character, well the main character's name is Prince Logan, and he's like an exiled prince from the country. And at the beginning of the game, he tries to go to like a mining town to um, to rescue some citizens who've been put in like slave labor working in the mine. Mm. So the character walks up and he goes. Hello, my name is Prince Logan, and I hereby order you to release all the prisoners slaving in the pits. <laughs> and in the response, the guy goes, is, and I hereby order you to la-dee-da-da! <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> and then he goes, like, he goes this whole tirade about how, like, you know, like, you have a price on your head, and if anybody's going to claim it, it's going to be me. It's like I, like, I felt like... This guy was off the streets, and he was like, look, I'm looking for a payday, mm. and you're going to pony up when I break your kneecaps. Let's do this thing, well, and the battle starts. Okay, so this this is this is a big... I mean, this is Falcom. This is working designs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's like, you sound thirsty. <laughs> Have a drink. Um, in, in, the, uh, in the 90s. This is the 90s, right? Oh, yes. All right, so um, we're talking about... Uh, this is early... This is early in the world of games getting localized from Japan, games getting translated from Japan. A lot of these games were not leaving Japan, and if they were, there's, there was a lot of work being done, usually by one person mm-hmm. doing multiple games, translating it, bringing it to America. That was what made working, that's what put working designs on the map. So then I wonder how much was left in their budget <laughs> for any voice acting after the fact, because there's, there's, there's a lot of instances, especially even in games into the 2000s, for like the Dreamcast and in the PlayStation and PlayStation 2, where there's voice acting in the Japanese version of the game. But then in the Western or the, or the North American versions of the game, there's no voice acting. Uh, that's the thing. But that thing, I feel like that, and I'm going to ask Crit, um, Kevin to attempt the voice in a minute because I think it'll be hilarious to hear if he can pull it off. But like uh, the other aspect of it, though, like I feel like it added a lot of charm to it because that's partly why it's so memorable to me. Like It's not just that I was young when I played it, but it's so memorable because of how these things were done. Like uh, The second voice clip I sent you was after you beat this boss and you go to the mines and all the prisoners start running out and then one guy stopped he goes wait a minute are you the guy that freed us and they start talking back and forth and the guy you're talking to coming out of the mines has this like uh clearly i'm i'm an i'm an organized underground crime voice going for him he's meant to be like a thief so like hi there prince 
I well, thank you, thank you. Are you the guys who freakish? <laughs> he's got the whole like voice going, and I'm like, I like this voice. I like the fact that he's going extra hard on being like, I am clearly a coin a purse thief, working in the mines. I carry a dagger and everything. Just just let me roll. I'm ready to start robbing people. Um, but like, like, would you say you've ever done, had to do like any like voices like that, Kevin? Like any sort of like you know like. Hi, I'm a I'm yeah. a I'm a criminal with a heart of gold. Yeah, do you have any do you have any old man voices in your repertoire? He's not old. Giles oh. is young at heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I have plenty of old old man voices. Uh, uh, but yeah, what, Purnell, what Purnell's saying, I think, is kind of like a like a gold toothed coin flipper type yes. guy. He's like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the way. <laughs> Are you the guy that freed us or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, I don't have. I don't have dialogue in front of me. Oh, of course, of course. Nuggets as big as your fist, bro. Nuggets as big as your fist. Gold, beautiful gold. <laughs> but sometimes I, I go like this for an old shaky man. <laughs> what is um? <laughs> love it. When I say nuggets as big as your fist, what is that from? That's from The Simpsons. Oh. It was Cookie. It was like he went to uh, like a. It was like an AA meeting, but he was like. Once upon a time, I'd forgotten what life was all about. Gold, beautiful gold, <laughs> nuggets as big as your fist. That's oh my god! I, I was hoping it was Simpsons because someone in, in our Discord server said that they would have a drinking game for every time we made a Simpsons reference. They're going to be lit by the end of this and episode. I really don't recommend you do that. No, I do. <laughs> but disclaimer: drink low alcohol. <laughs> yeah, me, me, not even just just grape juice or Actually, just drink go. Merlot because it'll be so nasty that you will be tempted to drink it in small Ooh, spurts. You huh? won't. I'm not throwing shade on Merlot. No, I like Merlot. I just know don't other even. people seem not. Oh, <laughs> I don't see like other people don't for some reason. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Okay, so my next track is a completely different feeling from yours, and especially from uh, Kevin's. But but this is the same idea. Is this this is the first time I heard voice acting in a video game that blew me away? We're gonna listen to Sam and Max hit the road for the PC. That sounds painful. Um, this is the track called The World's Largest Ball of Twine. Because <laughs> I love this game. Uh, the composers on this, I'm not sure which one did this exactly, but it was a, uh, it's actually a jazz ensemble or, or a few jazz composers. And one of these is also the, uh, the game engine um, programmer. And I'll talk about that when we come back. It's uh, Clint Bahakian, Michael Land, and Peter McConnell from the game Sam and Max Hit the Road. Thank you. 
<laughs> You're listening to the world's largest ball of twine. This is exactly how it sounds. From the game Sam and Max Hit the Road for the PC. This is the CD version composed by Clint Bahakian, Michael Land, and Peter McConnell. I say this is the CD version because there were two versions of this game. There was the version for DOS. Okay. It was just a uh, straight straight DOS. Was, oh, no, was, I'm sorry, not DOS. A disc. Came on floppy disks, right? Oh, cool! And you put it in, oh. and you play it. Now all the music was MIDI. It ain't your time. The same, the same. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was the same music, but it was all MIDI, and all of the voices were just text at the bottom of the screen. And that's all I knew. I had the disks, and then suddenly Chris, our friend Chris, came out, and he said, "Hey, I copied this game. It was a CD, and he copied the CD to disks, and I took the disks and I installed it on my computer. And suddenly the music was this. It was a, it was a jazz ensemble, and they all started talking, and it was." Incredible. Now, to were they the same voices mind. that were on the that they eventually used for the cartoon, or were they different people? You know, I don't know, but the voices are uh, Bill Farmer for Sam, who was the dog, mm-hmm. and Bill Farmer played Goofy um, for Disney. Oh, on like Goof Troop, I think on Goof Troop, or like on like on some of their all like older like Ooh, cartoons awesome. and movies and stuff. Uh, Nick Jameson did Max. I don't know anything about him. And I gotta say straight up, anybody who did the voice for Goofy deserves a damn award <laughs> because of that. <laughs> which, voice which is, he does. It's funny because like Bill, uh, uh, Sam. Oh my god, someone's gonna write in and be like, "You're totally wrong." But I'm pretty sure Sam was the dog and he was like the straight man, and Max was like the weird bunny thing, which was like insane. Yes. And so Max would run around doing something crazy, and Sam would be like. Her, all right, here we go. Because he wore, he was like this Let's big go, dog, buddy. and he wore like a hat and like a trench coat, like he was a private so eye outfit. So cute. Um, so in this game, you are it's it's a point and click adventure with tons of stupid jokes, with really stupid solutions to all of the puzzles. So you'll never figure it out. And um, but and they go around the the country going to different. Um, tourist traps essentially and then one of these is the, is the world's largest ball of twine and they're uncovering a mystery at all the tourist traps across America now, the thing is you make that comment about how the like you'll never figure it out you'll never but, figure but it out. there's some charm to this so yeah. the game puts you in this world and I like when games do this much they put you in this world that has its own rules now maybe in the first hour or two you learn that apparently Sam is this multifaceted tool that you yeah, never knew he's he not just be. a character he's a tool he's in the also game. a tool now yeah. next thing you know the next two hours you're like well i'm stuck here this this electricity is keep me from crossing this bridge i know i bet max conducts electricity yeah. and i bet he can survive it so you're like you just start doing things that the world taught you made sense you become a part of it yes. and that in turn enhances the gameplay experience i would think so um a young, a young, a young man playing this game. Young boy playing this game. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but, but the music, the music is fascinating. So this is a Lucas Arts joint, and the um, they created their own sound or like music engine in the game. Nowadays, a lot of the uh, the game engines that are used to develop on are are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And most of the game games in indie world, and I guess in the professional world, like in the, the AAA world too, uh, they use a thing called FMOD. Um, in which that language, the, Rob. <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> um, so uh, what they'll do is essentially the programmer, uh, the game developer, and the game designers. They can actually put like you know points in the game of when they want tracks to play, when they want tracks to loop, when they want new pieces of music, and they can have adaptive music within the game. Lucas Arts developed their own. So of these composers, uh, Michael Land made this thing called the iMuse system, and the idea was was that it, digitally you would have. Uh, 
um, music, like a, uh, um, what's it called? Like the orchestra, like an orchestra set. We're going with that, non Yeah, yeah, orchestra ensemble, or orchestra pit underneath the game, scoring the music. So if you were in the game, right, and something something was happening, the music would crescendo, something would happen. But then if you were just like stuck or just walking around, it would just loop with something a little quieter, a little quieter. And then no, as you did honest. something else, it would it would build and build again. Um, and I read about this because they did an Indiana Jones point-and-click adventure game that was really popular. And it was the first time they introduced the iMuse system. And they advertised it everywhere. They were like, it's adaptive music. It's going to be like playing a movie. It's going to get really exciting. Then well, it's what it means get... is you're going to just die a lot. But no one noticed. It was what? Really? It was so effective that no one noticed. That it was just like, oh, that's just the soundtrack. This is how the music plays. But if you think about it, that's the ultimate compliment. Because I'm the guy, yeah. and Kevin, you can let me know if you, how do you feel about this too. But I feel like when I go to movies, I can come out going, the music was good or the music was bad. But I can never really remember any of it. It's just 100% part of the experience. It's not something I can pull out of it and go, specifically, this track right here. This was the one. Like, I, I can't do it. Somehow I can do it with video games. But not with movies. Yeah, I mean, it was watching, like watching Lord of the Rings. Yes. And you're just kind of like in this experience, and it's like immersive. And then you're like you're hearing the music, but you're not paying attention to it. And it just like you come. I mean, I would say come out of the theater, but I mean, you know, it's been like 20 years already. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you you turn your living room lights back on after it's done, and <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. like. Whoa! I can't go to sleep now. I'm too like hype, you know. Like it's yeah, it, it's definitely just like you know. Well, that's, well, that's Lord how of the it Rings be. is the perfect example of like um, um, uh, three. It's th- it's across three movies essentially with like a theme that I can I could you know hum that theme to you. I know the music of that movie. That but, makes one of us because. My, if anything, halfway through each of those movies, my bladder was ready to go. So much of (laughs) the memory is gone in favor of just get through it. Just get through it. Surf on a board. I don't care. I I, got to stand by. I stand by. Those movies are better at home. Like, um, I watched, what was that one where the uh, Inception? That thing was long, man. But it was fantastic. At home. At (laughs) home? It's so long. Well, you can call me at home. You can get your own intermission, but you don't have the experience in the theater. It's so much better at home. You can just stop it and be like, all right. But the theater, man. So at the theater, on one hand, the downside is, yeah, you don't get to choose your intermissions and you're holding it in to wait. Marvel movies nowadays as an old man, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, there's a guy next to you going, man, I could beat up Iron Man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> but, but the trade-off, there is a trade-off, though. That What you described is the negative you know, fan experience. But there's also the positive ones, the ones that make you feel great. Like when the guy that you hate throughout the entire movie finally gets his face mashed in. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, yeah, finally. And everybody cheers yeah. for it. And it's like this collective experience of energy rushing as everybody's excited that the jerk got punched. But if someone dies unpleasantly and everybody's like, oh, and you hear one person five seats over crying. And you're like, wow, this is a <laughs> nice shared experience. Something I can't quite get at home. But and honestly, like a lot of people they talk about how they love the sounds and the thunders booms in the theater. No, I'm all about the people. I like hearing and feeling what other people are feeling. Except for when they're jerks, in which case get the heck out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I mean, I was thinking about like the the Dune movie and I was like, I, I really wanna watch it like 
uh, in the theater because it, it's like with the surround sound and the rumbling and all that, it's like immersive. And I'm just like, but I just haven't gone and seen it. I haven't even watched it on HBO yet. Mm, yeah. You got to do the thing. I can tell you this right now because like it's been happening here and you have the social network out there for this. You got to do the movie rentals, man. Uh, oh, the theater rentals. Yeah. Oh, like, we've done that. Yeah, we did that for uh a Black Widow movie for a birthday party. Huh. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. there it is. I haven't so, seen that one yet. Just got set up for Doom. Be like, hey, who wants to see Doom? We need 20 people. And it'll happen. <laughs> what, Doom? Yeah. With Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, you'll get 50 people for that. <laughs> who are you Have kidding? you seen the other one on Netflix? The newer Dune, uh, Doom movie? There's Doom a newer one? There's a, there's a different yeah. Doom 2. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's a direct sequel, but it's just called. I think it's called Doom Annihilation. What? Well, I need to go look for that. Wait, Rob's wait, looking wait. it up right now. It, I, I'm looking it, it up. Is this is this like a Netflix? Is this like an animated thing? No, it's live action. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm interested. Also, 2019. Resident Evil's coming out soon too, so you'll have to set up something for that too. Well, look at this. Oh man, she got like the pulse rifle. That thing is enormous. That's exciting. Yeah, it was oh, wait, no, wait. I'm sorry. Game. That's that's from. That's the BFG. That's that's the rock. I'm sorry. Well, I'm still ready. Yeah. I'm at the check yeah, that Jim out. I'm gonna check that out. That looks like fun. Um, yeah, it's 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 closer to the game than the uh, the first the first. That's movie. Oh, that's what I want. Like when I go to these movies, I don't want them to be like, well, we took the video game and then removed all the game from it. This is just a Hollywood film. Like, well, why call it Doom? Why not just call it like Hellbusters? That happened with Silent Hill. Right? I was burned on Silent Hill. <laughs> No, but the thing is, with Silent Hill, though, I personally felt it worked because Silent Hill in itself was horror, and there was some cheese in that film. There yeah. was definitely some cheese. Well, I mean, there's some cheese in the games. Exactly. They <laughs> carried the cheese into the film. Okay, when I think of bad voice acting, or just fun, maybe bad fun voice acting, I think of Silent Hill. What's going on with that Yeah, radio? I always think of that. Radio. Radio. What's going on with that radio? <laughs> Fantastic! Honestly, like I love that, it, and it works. Like Silent Hill voice acting, the early Resident Evil voice mm-hmm. acting, they are prime yeah. examples of voice acting that, at the time, people would like, would say, "Oh, this is this is terrible voice acting." But when you're playing the game and you're experiencing it, that's what made it treasured. Like when you go back and play a remake of Resident Evil One and they don't have the cheesy voice acting, you're like this doesn't feel right. Yeah, I feel like the game right. is supposed yeah. to be supposed to be cheesy. I want to hear Jill is the master of unlocking and about the sandwiches. <laughs> I need all these steps. If I don't get them, it's a, a travesty. This is not This is a mock-up of a true masterpiece. Master of a- I'm not sold. You know what? It still gets me. It's uh, All these years. It still works. You st- you she can- was almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> you resonate with that statement. You can, you can still make me smile. Um, I love to see you smile. So let's go. Let's go back to um, uh, our guest, Kevin, the master of voice acting. And uh, what's your uh, name? What, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I well, I mean, up too much. Well, okay. The yeah. ma- the master of uh, podcast guesting. Um, oh, so, right, yeah, 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 sure. We can do that. Um, so we can. Uh, what's your next track? If you want to introduce it. All right. Us. So yeah, the next track uh, is from uh, another PlayStation One game, uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. Uh, from 98 mm. yeah uh, it's it's called Far Into the Sky it's just kind of like the song in the beginning of the game when you're like you know you're learning how to do your attack moves and you know you're just like the very beginning it's just like adventurous and fun and you know like you're a hero and you're a go-getter and you're like oh, I'm here to save the day it's just very like and it's like you know like any RPG battle music whether you're in a dungeon or, or whatever whatever music it is playing at the time it's just on loop for hours 
and then your dad kicks in the door and is just like, <laughs> turn that off right now, you know, and you're just like, yeah. uh... But dad, I'm going on an adventure! I'm tired of hearing this song. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have, uh, so, I, I, have, I have a guessing game oh. for you guys. Oh! Uh, with, with the voice actor in, that plays Musashi. All right. Well, let's um, let's get into the music, and then we'll play sure. we'll play this game. We'll put some money on the line. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> you're not hustling me on this one. You got more experience with the voice actors. Uh, I have Google in front of me. Here we go. This is uh, <laughs> Brave Fencer Musashi for the Sony PlayStation.
We're listening to Far Into the Sky from the game Brave Fencer Musashi for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Tsuyoshi Sakito. This is a beautiful track. So tell us a bit about this track, good sir. Why'd you bring this one out? Which is a fantastic one, by the way. Right. So actually, I'm not a huge RPG player. Um, I I prefer action RPGs more than uh, turn-based. And so this was... I saw it at the store and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give an RPG a try or like another one because I had played Final Fantasy VII. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna give this game a try. We'll see how it goes. I was expecting it to be turn-based. And then I put it on and then it was like the first ever action RPG that I had played. This is the first so, one. Oh, you came in at a great time. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. so I was, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, this game is awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at myself because I just said something funny. Um, <laughs> I- inside joke, inside joke. Uh, but yeah, I was like, this, this game is awesome. And uh, uh, yeah, it just like the music was great. Uh, the 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 play style's great. There's uh, each level or each area has um, you know a, a gaming kind of trope where it's like. You know, you you have to climb up the tower and dodge rolling boulders that come towards you. And then you get to the top. Yeah, and then when you get to the top, there's like the Easter Island head, you know, and it's like shooting lasers out of its eyes. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you have to break these other tiny statues and then hit the switches under the statues. It's like all these like little puzzle games mixed in with the action and then you you finally beat that and you jump off the 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 tower and you're running down the tower and then the the giant head starts rolling after you like indiana jones style like the boulder and then you have to like dodge and jump over rolling logs and other small boulders and enemies that are coming towards you and like you can't really you only have like a split second because it's coming all coming from off screen so it's like i was like oh my god this game is so good like it was, it was crazy and it's interesting. So that's why I chose it. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because like when the game, like back when that game came out, this was in the era where like we weren't originally getting a lot of Square games. Like this was when they were slowly starting to release more games because I guess it was easier to localize for PlayStation One. So mm-hmm. prior to this, though, Square was primarily known for like all these like very serious, moody RPGs. Yeah. As you mentioned yourself, Final Fantasy VII was what brought you yeah. into the house of Square, and uh, yeah. this game shows up. It's extremely cartoony and graphical style. The voice work is pure Saturday morning cartoon. Like, I love it so much. And like I was talking to Rob earlier, there was like a specific area in the game. Well, not area, but like just a uh, relationship in the game where there's these three bandit brothers that are recurring villains throughout the game. But each of them believes that they themselves are the leader of their unit. So whenever Musashi would come across them for a battle, they'd introduce themselves like, I'm the leader of the troop. And he's like, but I thought your brother was the leader. He's like, no, he's just full of it. I'm actually the leader. And then eventually he right. makes a comment where he's like, finally, I can actually trounce the actual leader. Like, But yeah. the delivery of all the lines in the game just made me smile. Like It was very mischievous and cartoony. Yes. So, so that game came out in 98. And you know, like anime and 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 Japanese RPGs and stuff. Uh, that's kind of when it started becoming more popular in the states. Yeah. So that's why a lot of the the voice acting in in early anime is kind of bad, because they they were just hiring people because dubbing stuff was like a whole new thing to, for people. And this game 
just like Musashi's voice actor, she's just like really good. And her name is Mona Marshall. Hmm. And you, 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 some people might know that name. She has, uh, she's on a really popular cartoon show, and that's what the quiz is. Oh, okay, good. Oh, Steve, you, I was not going to get this name. All right, so a popular cartoon I'll, show. Yeah, I'll give you. Um, did, uh, she do, did she do Sailor uh, Moon? Wait, he's going to give us something. Come on. Stop. Oh. Oh, well, so either here's here. Uh, either you could pull up um, a video of Brave Fencer Musashi and listen to her do his voice, or I could just kind of give you a couple clues. Yeah, we're gonna I, do that. We're gonna do that right now. Hold on. I can. I, I will okay. also use the clues because whereas Rob sure. hasn't heard the voice before, I actually distinctly remember that character's voice because it was really good. I need. Well, I, I never played this game. I, that's what I'm saying. Um, I forget. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna say cutscene. Yeah, we'll do a cutscene. There we go. Um. Uh, Ray Fencer. Walk through, walk Top through. Top the very first one. Oh, PlayStation cutscene. All right. So just like jump somewhere into it. Like just like grab one. Like just like click on a random spot in there. Right, I gotta record it. Hold on. Uh, Are you recording it too? Hey, wait. Okay, that's not I him. Do you think I'd actually make a mistake? I don't Have I... you guys seen the real Sir Musashi? No, we haven't. <laughs> then maybe the real Sir Musashi oh, they're adorable. is this puny little thing. She's done a lot of work over the years. Uh, what the? Ooh. Wait. Who did you say was puny and what? So this is Musashi. Right. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Why are you guys wearing such stupid costumes? Stupid costumes? Take that back, you, you little turd. Please, Princess, Zelda, you geezer. The name's Musashi, you geezer. All right, that sounds really familiar. Doesn't it, Doesn't it though? I, I am, okay. oh, I'm at a loss. So, there's actually two really popular shows that she was in, or is in, or whatever. And one, one's, an an, one's an anime, one's a network show. Oh, okay. Animated network show. Dang. Um, ooh. It's not Pokemon. Because she's got like this almost like a rounded huh? voice, too. It's like, Wait, it Pokemon? Oh. It's not Pokemon. It's not Pokemon. Okay. For a second, you made that voice like, Wait a minute, am I close? <laughs> you, I mean, sort of, yeah. It's But it's not Pokemon. Because I have heard that that voice is very, just, it's very specific. It's clicking for me. It's like, Jeez, your Musashi. God bloody hell. She a letter. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Why don't you throw us a bone okay. or just give us the answer? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, um, the the cartoon that she's in on network TV is on Comedy Central. Comedy Central? And, yes. Oh. He was going to say more and you cut him off. Now we're like, we had more info coming. I mean, it, 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 like, I, uh, it's interesting. To me. You let me know when you want just the answers. I, you know, I don't want to. I waste, might want the you know, answer. I'm not going to get it. I'm but not going like, okay. to go to scream when I hear it. I know it. Okay. So her, on Comedy Central, she is Sheila Braflowski from South Park. Kyle's mom. Wait, Kyle's mom? Yeah. Go to like that. What, 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 what? That lady. I didn't even catch this. That's weird. Like, down. I think I should have heard that. The name's Musashi, you geezer. <laughs> and then the the anime show she is, she's in Digimon. 
Okay, that's why I was really close. Uh, okay, okay. She plays she plays Izzy. Okay. Which I, I I don't know who that is, but she's in a lot of episodes, so she's either the <laughs> main character or one of the main characters. There's so yeah, many she, kids in that show. And she has a staggering amount of credits. Oh wow. She I, has I, do you want to guess guess at a at a number for her how many acting credits I, I, she I'm has? I'm gonna guess into the hundreds. Yes. Two so hundreds. Higher. Oh, you're in it. Four hundreds. Eh, a little lower. Well, so like, so I mean, <laughs> this is again, this is a time when voice acting and anime and games were just becoming a thing. So they were probably yeah. these people who got involved were probably getting a ton of work, right? So it's in the three oh, hundreds, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. doing. It. I'm seriously doing the scroll now because, like, wow. I've heard the voice, and okay, so that might be one of them right there where I'm hearing it, and it wasn't clicking for me. Yeah, so, she might Ryoko be in, in, and Tenchi Muyo. One of the Tenchi Muyo. That's what I'm hearing. No, yeah. you're not. Yes, I'm don't hearing... jump on my, my train. <laughs> no, no, I'm hearing, I'm hearing more anime, and, and I wasn't, I don't know Digimon. Uh, uh. now I don't know Digimon. Can you, so, yeah, can, you, can you I mean, you me? guys have played so many RPGs and probably watch, uh, you know, a lot di- more like different anime than I've watched. So, I, she probably is characters that you know and I don't. So, I, I you know, I do have I'm to awesome. ask now. I want to because while while we're on the you've watched a lot of stuff such and such. This is a good time to ask you. So, mm-hmm. what would you say was the first like voice acted video game you you can recall playing? We're like, whoa, these guys are talking in the game. Oh, um, well, okay, so uh, the f- oh no, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm like I'm like talking to myself in my head. Uh, first game ever I could remember was Super Nintendo Sunset Riders. Ooh, yeah. Really? Classic. Carry me with my money. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that, one. Yeah. I was like, whoa, it's not just like <laughs> you know? you <laughs> Billy. Oh my god, you might have Oh, no, yep, that's it too. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. I, I don't know how much of that really counts though. Like like um a lot of the Konami stuff where it was um uh, Blades of Steel makes the pass. Makes the pass. Oh hey, I'll I don't want to cut up because now I feel like I missed the beat, but like I'm like, like I, I gotta be I gotta be honest. I was looking at um sports talk uh, baseball and sports talk football for the sake of Genesis for this show. So, yeah, but yeah, all of it is just like a guy going. Or, yeah. Like NBA Jam, you know, that too. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. iconic with like he's on fire and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actually I have some arcade yeah. stories we can we can uh, get into later on in the show. And I will say, since you mentioned the bury me with my money, <laughs> if you get some time yeah. you just want to listen to some hilarious voice work, look up the Star Ocean three voice sounds like if anything even look up like old like molten miser voice or something because there's a specific enemy in the game that he's just like jing he's literally a very fat tycoon on the battlefield he has no place there and when every time you hit him he goes my money my money (laughs) was that that the one on ps2 yes that i borrowed from you yes did you want it back you still have it, don't you? I was like over ten years ago. <laughs> but like the voice work in that game, like that specific character, just hysterical. Had no place in the game, but I'm glad he was there. Yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. All right, um, we gotta keep moving on here for now. Oh, wait, I like chatting. But yeah, well, we gotta listen to some new uh, music. We've been listening to, to Musashi. That's true. The answer. The answer was uh, 379 credits. Oh. So at this point, I'm comfortable saying she could be probably considered a stone cutter. Is she a... 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. She got the magical voice. Yeah, like, that's probably why I'm recognizing it, despite having trouble remembering where I recognize it from. Like I, if you if your voice is spread out mm-hmm. like that, you're in everything. I wonder. I wonder if if you continue to exercise your voice like that for so long maybe like into your your later years like when your voice wouldn't maybe normally change like in your later later years if you've been if you've been practicing for so long if you've been working those muscles i wonder if you can still control how you sound i think it's hard to say it may depend on the type of voice because like you look for example at uh was it julie kavner who did the voice for uh Marge Simpson on The Simpsons. I was just going to say, The Simpsons characters, a lot of them sound sim- similar. Yeah, but with her case specifically, Marge's voice always really taxed her to do it. Because mm-hmm. she was like, Homer! <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like now it's like, she's clearly like at the point where she might have to start, she might have to stop doing the voice wow. because like it's actually damaging her voice. Huh. I guess that was like a, an artistic choice that they didn't realize the show would go for like 30 years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You- that's yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely work out your your muscles uh, to, you know, keep the same tone and keep the same voice going, you know, through your entire career. And with her, it might have been taxing in the beginning. I don't know this for a fact, but like, I'm assuming that there was a voice coach out there that helped her control that so she doesn't mess up her voice every episode she records. I certainly so, hope so, because she got this far yeah. away, right? Right, right. And I'm going to ask you one more thing, but I guess I'll wait till the next track. Oh my god, Rob is like, I'm tired <laughs> of listening to the music. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what, what what have you got for now? What have you got for us? All right. So my next track comes from the Sega CD version of Lunar: The Silver Star. Yes. This is the Overworld theme, the second one specifically, and this is composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. I love listening to some Iwadare tunes. Iwadare. <laughs> Welcome back. You just listened to a track that's so old, this was when CD audio had endings, and then they had to start the track again. That's right. They couldn't loop the music. <laughs> it just it would just play. Stop and restart. And start up again, yeah. This was from Lunar the Silver Star from the Sega CD, and this is the Overworld Theme 2, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite Overworld themes out there. It comes in at a great time in the game, and when pretty much when... Uh, the main character, Alex, realizes that he has to become a dragon master because his entire world's been flipped upside down when he realized that his best girl's been kidnapped and 
the guy he admired ends up actually going out and killing the ancient dragons that have powered and preserved Lunar, the planet they live on, for years. And centuries, rather. Uh, so him and his friends go on the adventure so that he can become the Dragon Master incarnate, the current model anyway. And this track is basically saying, it just got serious, guys. Start walking. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a marching it is a marching sound, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. From the voice acting angle, mind you, the reason why I picked this track, this is another working designs joint, uh, but this is also, in my opinion, I sent Rob some tr- samples of this guy too, some of the most memorable voice acting that I can think of. And it still carries the whole, you know, probably has some interns, but they were like passionate about it. Like, these were people who was like, yeah, this is before it became a whole art. But we like what we do. We want this to work. You're, oh. If you're looking for this further up. Uh, not this one? No. Just keep scrolling. <laughs> He's there, like, people are listening to this right now like, what? Uh, nope. <laughs> there it is. This guy here. We're, we're, we're going to listen to this one. So I, I time stamped it two times. Um, t- 20, 28 seconds. <laughs> wow. You really got to know. Yeah, but everybody's going to hear a bunch of junk. No one wants to hear that nonsense. <laughs> It's like 28 seconds. Here we go. This is the first line. Oh. Infidels! How <laughs> dare you invade my inner the sanctum? Mouth. Prepare to die. And then the next one was at like one. Yeah, I got 140-something. And keep in uh, mind, yeah, the, the, I know this word for word to the point where I even, if I repeated it, I know when to stop and start lines. It's the, ridiculous how old this well, is. Well, it's fun because like the, <laughs> the, the animation is really like just the, the mouth just going. Bah, 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 bah. Yes, this is ancient <laughs> stuff, but it's so good. Here we go. Oh, this is a different kind of thing. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is a family show. <laughs> I'm not finished with you yet. You'll never make, make it, it out of here, alive, dragon boy. Cower in fear as I demonstrate my true power. Oh, he's bleeding blue out of his eyeball. Yeah. Oh my god. So he's, he's turning into a demon? Yes. It made no sense that he did it. But you know, second form of bosses and everything. Yeah, this so this this yeah, that's 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 a thing. Like Mega Man, right? Was it was it Mega Man three? No, this not even Mega Man, so this is like an RPG staple where like the final boss always has to have two or three forms. Like they have to surprise you in some but way. But no, but like the last form was always like, Well, he's an alien. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, a, he's yeah. a kind of a skyscraper. Like you're playing through a uh, Contra, right? Or Super C and you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm fighting these bad guys in the woods, I'm fighting these bad guys in the mountain, and now suddenly there's giant mouth screaming off the wall. Yeah, there's now there's aliens. Right. But, like, in the case of this game, it's like the scenes you just listened to was, like, the his friend turns out to be... This is old. If this is a spoiler, guess what? You're, like, 30 yeah. years too late, folks. Um, so his friend turns out to actually be the goddess Lu- the goddess Althena reincarnate, and she forgets who he is. So they show up to rescue her, and her first lines are basically like her saying, like, you shouldn't be here. I'm going to kill you. And the guy, the second line, was the villain of the game who kidnapped her 
and he wants to enslave her and control the planet. So you beat him the first time, and he comes back battered and beaten, and he gives you the nice, you know, typical taunt, and then he screams and turns blue with his bloody blue eye. Uh, but I've always, always loved that delivery, yeah. and it's stuck with me all these years. So like I said, you heard me. I can do the line. <laughs> you just know it. I know the no, line. Is it because you've lost so many times you've had to replay it no, over and over? No, this game was absurdly easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> You'd have to try to fail at Lunar the Silver Star. I, I have that. I, I'm not good at games. So if I you played. lost at Lunar... Yeah. I, I couldn't even look at you the same way anymore. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> it would be bad, man. Like, I, to put it in perspective, so there are two RPGs I look at when I think of, like, these are, like, first RPGs, like, games that people pick up to get into the genre. Like, this is really good. I'm glad I'm into this series now. And then you don't know if they're going to stick around because the next one they pick is probably going to beat the crap out of them. Lunar and Final Fantasy VII are those two games. And I have specific examples in my life of people who picked those up as their entry point after seeing me play other games that they didn't get into. And these were the ones like, okay, I don't like any other ones, but I like these games. Huh. Like, these work for me. And that's largely because they tell good stories. They give you the mechanics, but they never overly tax you with them. So you can actually just experience it like a movie, huh. you know? Yeah, and the Final Fantasy VII is a game I, I've never played. So it's interesting too because I've should. heard a number of people say that, and I'm curious what Kevin thinks on this too. Because you said Final Fantasy VII was like your first RPG, and that so Final Fantasy VII in the current state, I question if I'd say go back and play it now. I mean, I would personally do it. I thought about I, it. I get nostalgic, but now we also have the Final Fantasy remake that covers like the first quarter of the game, but then they extend that quarter of the game over 40 hours somehow. Yeah. Um. And it makes me wonder. It does if, give me pause considering the amount of games I play, which is not a lot. Not a lot. And yeah. it takes you a while to get through those. It takes me a long time. Uh, but so mm. it makes me wonder, like, if it'd be even something to say, like, hey, yeah, go back and play Final Fantasy VII. It still holds up, and I think you'll still enjoy it despite the fact that they're redoing the whole thing at this point. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I, I think going going back and playing the original, it's uh, obviously it doesn't, it, it's not going to be as long hour wise gameplay wise i suppose but you're gonna get hit with that nostalgia feel and you're gonna be like yeah this feels right this feels this feels good right mm-hmm. and wear like a like a warm blanket or something but then the new one you know it's it's got all the bells and whistles it's got the crispy new graphics and you know all that and voice acting coming out of it um and my wife actually played through it, so I, I, I sat there and I watched her play it um, for the most part. Not all of it, but, you know, I don't know. She seemed to enjoy it a lot. So I guess it's just like pick your poison, really, at this point. And how hard, I, I, like, I don't have a PlayStation 1 laying around my house anymore. So, like, how, how hard do I want to work to go buy one of those and then buy the, get, like, final, the original Final Fantasy VII and then plug it all in and stuff? It's like I could just buy the new it was game. Copy, it was like a digital distribution of that, of that guy, right? That is true. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know true. how it works anymore. I mean, but yeah. Because they had PS Now. They had, like, back in the day with PS3, you could just straight up buy the ROM and yeah. play it on your system. Right. But then with PS4, they're like, no, we got to subscribe now on PS Now. There's my voice right. acting cloud right there. Boom, hire me. <laughs> uh, but, like, no, you get a PS Now account and you can right. stream it. Um and I don't know if that's still... I guess it's still running, because you have a PS4, so you could try it. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I agree with Kevin otherwise. Like, if it's a matter of going out and finding the old disc... Like, I still own them, because I'm a hoarder. But if... Uh, 
if it was a matter of going up and finding the disc again in the yeah, old system, I'd probably be the same. I was like, ah, I'm just going to play the new Yeah, or you're figuring out a way to plug it into the TV at this point. But, yeah, I think he could get up here. Last what, night, you didn't lug a 32-inch monstrosity up your stairs, too? I mean, that's the reason that people of our generation are so strong. It's because we carried our CRTs everywhere with us. Like, chip! <laughs> that's right. We had to carry our TVs into dorm rooms and friends' houses to play Halo. I tell you, like... And actually, this is interesting too. Like, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time in college. This is probably why, admittedly. But uh, when I went to college for the first time, that was like the thing I prided myself on bringing. And I messed, that's actually the thing I'm still most known for to people that I still talk to from college was Pernell had a 27 inch CRT on his dresser where he's supposed to keep his clothing and stuff. <laughs> and the top four drawers actually had consoles in them. Like, he pulled my <laughs> sock drawer out, and there was like an N64 in there. <laughs> And the wires ran out the back to the TV, and yes. I had a Sega Saturn, oh, a PS1, and a Super Nintendo that's, all that's, in the dorm room. That's the college education that we're talking about. That's what happened to me. Like, I did study hard. I just realized that's when I learned I had a horrible case of ADHD. Thanks, yeah. college. Um, but I, I put in the work when I definitely tried, but when I didn't work, oh, I played. Well, you're never too old to learn something new about yourself. And what I learned is I needed Riddler. I didn't use it though because that made my stomach turn. Yeah, and also I I, I wasn't as good as Smash Brothers at that point. I got to win. Those are important um, skills to, to hang on to. You bet. But they are. Speaking speaking of college college time, this is a uh, this next track is from when I worked in an arcade for for years and years and years. Um, well, anyway, this not this track is from a video game <laughs> that I remember from when I worked in an arcade for years and years. We're gonna listen to Time Crisis, composed Her by Hige Nakamura. This is the track called Dead Fighting or Dead or Alive. Eh? Uh, that's where I heard it. Uh, this is the boss music from the game Time Crisis. We're back. You're listening to Dead Fighting, the boss music from the game Time Crisis for the arcade composed by Hige Nakamura. And yeah, this to me, Time Crisis is, first of all, exciting, mm-hmm. action-packed, fun for the family. I don't know about all that. It's two-player. There's a, there's, a, there's a fair bit of crisis going on there. Yeah, I don't know about what I A, a lot of gunplay, sure, and a lot of pedals. So you need to have good foot action. That is true. And I've talked about foot action before. That's an inside joke, right? Because <laughs> 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 I have a trash can that I used to like that had foot action. You know, you press it. Has he written on it? No, you press the, the pedal and the, and the lid would open. We're not talking about trash cans for now. I don't know. <laughs> you probably shoot a trash can or two in I, time crisis. I, I got myself derailed here. Um, 
But yeah, there's just Talk about hand-eye, gun, and pedal control. At the same <laughs> yeah, right. Which is actually surprisingly tough. So, when I worked at this arcade, the big game when I first came was uh, how, uh, House House of the Dead? House of the Dead, House of the Dead, House mm-hmm. of the Dead, and also Jurassic Park, which were very similar in, in styles, except that House of the Dead was way bloodier, and it was just the the, the the screen and the gun, you know. But like a lot was happening at one time, so it felt very innovative, right? Time Crisis came around, and you had a whole pedal to actually move your character left and right, or to duck. It was it was essentially like a what do they call it a cover a cover shooter. Cover shooter. A cover shooter nowadays, and um, that really just changed the whole game. And we just became obsessed with this game. I see. It just reminded me of something too. I went to talk to you after the show, but I actually had a consultation earlier this week, and I can't say a ton because those <laughs> listening, who knows? But <laughs> so I know a guy. You know a guy too who may be opening an arcade area in this area. Yes, and uh, he was like, "Pernell, I need your input." I was like, "Mine." He was like, "Yeah, like you know games, you yeah. know arcades, you're you're like an area OG in that stuff." And I was like, "I like talking." <laughs> I actually gave some surprisingly interesting video, but it got me thinking about like the old arcade scene yeah. and what it would take to bring arcades into the modern age. I mean, uh, I, 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 I mean, I want him to succeed. I'll do everything in my power to help him succeed. I just, I'm super skeptical of that, time of that business model. But no, 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 no. You have, if you have time crisis, if you have one through five lined up on the wall. <laughs> you just play them in order. Just walk down the road. You might as well just print your money right there. I mean, it's just. <laughs> can never have enough time crisis. If you, name, if you name your business time crisis. <laughs> time crisis pizza. <laughs> time crisis pizza. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 very urgent. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta eat right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The missus, she's been talking about it all day. Where's the pizza hat? You, know, it's, you know how you used to go to like Applebee's or something for lunch, and they have like a timer, and you know, they give you your food within like twenty minutes. Wait, they did that? I, think, I, I one of those places used. That to sounds do like that. a lot of undercooked food. You would think so. Probably true. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's what it was. It was time crisis. You go there and you have a pedal. <laughs> <laughs> hit the pedal and the server would show up and give you I don't know Jägermeister uh, <laughs> more, you know, more, more breadsticks <laughs> yeah more breadsticks yeah soaked in Jägermeister that's that's more of a, a thing um, but anyway I just I would spend hours and hours and hours standing around listening to these machines talk at you constantly in the attract mode being like time crisis and this game specifically specifically this one and House of the Dead would would tell you the whole story in the in the opening in the, in the attract mode. It would be voiced, all voiced, and so you would just memorize these people over and over and over again. Did it take place in the year twenty X? I don't remember. The future is crawling. <laughs> I can I can put in a little bit of a a little bit of a a little, a little bit of the VO it, here. Is but. Time Crisis the one that is it the two player game or the one player game? It's two player. Um, well, I mean, I guess okay. like what's the. It had a one-player variation. What's the one that had the machine? Well, there's the one that's like that. Had a, it only had one gun on the machine. It was a machine gun. Was it LA? Wait, and are it, you talking about the one where the guy was at the theater? Does that video of him like running in place, shooting the gun? No, 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 no. This had like a one giant pedal. Like it was huge. Oh. And then it was like a, a blue machine gun, and it was like time something or crisis some crisis zone. Crisis zone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that one was my favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't think I remember that one. Yeah, so that was another one. Yeah, that was. Okay, that is the one. Yeah, the it was red. Yes, that's right. Because oh, look at that next to a DDR solo machine. So there was. <laughs> Rob's at home. <laughs> okay, you know what? Like, it's hard to find these machines, and so like back, like I guess ten years ago or so, find. I would like look up arcades 
on like on the on Google, and I would look at these images and try to find in the background where's the DDR machine? Is there one? <laughs> it's hidden in there somewhere. So I'm always looking out for them. Um, but anyway, uh, the Time Crisis machines used to come out in one and two player variants because a lot of places didn't have the space for it. So you would often see Time Crisis single player because uh-huh. um, it wasn't it didn't it wasn't necessarily two player because the second player could always jump in or drop out whenever they wanted to. If there's one thing I can say that this episode definitely confirms as far as like my life and other lives in general like we go for the same reason is that clearly arcades brought a lot of people together. Oh, it absolutely did. Um, I spent yeah. I spent a lot of my life <laughs> standing around arcades. Um, <laughs> we all did. All three of us did. Um, yeah, so here we go. This is uh here's some here's some here's some classic voice acting from Time Crisis. Action. Reload. New record. Danger. <laughs> Sometime, somewhere, someone is plotting a government overthrow. This is it. A-, a small republic is in danger. This is it. A- it's time for the one-man army. Richard Miller. Rachel McPherson. Chudo <laughs> Gatto. Wild Dog. Time Crisis. Oh, I was laughing at the idea Dang. they had this narrative. It's like Richard Miller. I would hear Could've that said Dick Miller, but they were like, no, Richard Miller. <laughs> I would hear that over and over and over again. Oh my goodness. Richard Miller. John Smith. <laughs> yeah. Randy Marsh. Crew <laughs> <laughs> Fresh. I thought, I thought you were going to say Randy Newman. <laughs> I, yeah. I would play that game. Yeah. Look at that. Oh my God. Me. But there's, there's, there's something about that. Also about the way it's recorded. I mean, it's a, it's a lower fidelity, obviously, because of the, the, the computer boards or the, the circuit boards that these things were, were, were on. But also they were like they were they were limited and they were they were, the volumes were turned up so loud to be louder than yeah. all the machines around them, so you would hear all of these voices constantly. And then of course someone would start playing um, uh, House of the Dead. I can't think of this Stop name. Like- but they would shoot until they would run out of bullets, right? Mm-hmm. And then reload, would, reload. Yeah, but reload. they would they would never they would never shoot outside the screen like the game would say. Say reload, reload, reload. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't your game working? <laughs> I need a manager. And some guy will walk up and gently take the gun, just point it outside the bag. <laughs> Ma'am, there you go. Give me the gun. Oh my God. I used to do that with Streets of Rage, like uh, Streets of Rage 2, I think, and you go into the options menu and sound effects, and yeah. then you can listen to, like, the... And then me and my cousin would, like, <laughs> sit there and, like, try to remix it and be like, do it, you know, it's like... Yeah. Whatever they're saying, you know, and just like... Butthole! Yeah. Oh man, I forgot there was a uh, the, the, the sound test menu. Dude, this, those were a lot of fun too. That's an area that we can't, that people can't experience in the present. Like, at least I, I'm curious if people have been doing that in the modern day. Because I, I, I've done the same thing. Like the idea of like I want to make these sounds into like an actual like mega sound. Well, now with like a lot of uh, voice acting within the game, like if you can control the voice with like your character in the game, you bet that I'm gonna make that guy go like. <laughs> like I think my favorite like odd sound I used to get out of a game was a. Well, it was a yeah, it was Streets of Rage actually. It was Streets of Rage. I think it was actually two though. It was uh, the boxer that the barefoot boxer boss, mm-hmm. and if he oh, grabbed yeah. you, he would like do like a series of Congo punches. He goes, yeah, yeah. I love this voice. It makes no sense. I don't know why a boxer would go but apparently it works because those punches hurt. So yeah, that reminds me. I hate that guy. 
Then how? There was like a puzzle game for the Saturn that you used to play a lot that you would you talk about. Oh, that yeah. was that was that was totally Baku Baku. Baku Baku. Hammer eggs! Hammer eggs! Yeah, so yeah, when Christy and I were, um, we first got married, and when we first got married, we used to play Bust a Move 4 on the PlayStation all the time, and every character had like a screaming like voice that they would say. Oh yeah, like there's a mutual friend of ours, his name's Arnell, like we, whenever we get together, we always have to do the voice for like the, the winged dragon in that gang, like, <laughs> Terrible voices. Big wave. Yeah, we would always say big wave. It was so the voice work in that game was so bad. It was but so I loved it. I, it was it was charming. It was charming. Yeah, right. it, yeah, that's that's what they all it was say. Charming. They say charm. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna uh, turn this track down, and we're gonna get it to the part of our show, the last part of our show that we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And we'll start off with uh, Kevin. Kevin, what'd you find for our bonus round? All right. So actually, what I wanted, the song I wanted was from Devil May Cry 4 called Out of the Darkness. It's a song that Kyrie, uh, the love interest of the main character, uh, sings. And it's kind of very church-like, hmm. uh, very calming and, and very pretty. So I was like, man, maybe I could find like a really cool remix of that. And uh, I could not. So instead, I just went with like the classic uh, Devil May Cry theme song from the first game, Ultraviolet. Um, yeah, so I, I just I just stuck with Devil May Cry. Right, here we go. This is a, a Ultraviolet yeah. from that game. This is also very, this is a very long, this is like 17 minutes long. So, you know. Cut it whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> when I downloaded it, it says full EP. So I'm like, maybe we'll just play a little bit. So this is uh, Ultraviolet remixed by Mills.
You've been listening to Ultraviolet from Devil May Cry, remixed by Miltz. This is his synthwave EP, I guess. Like a lot of the tracks kind of fit together in a big kind of mix, but on a very heavy, starts out very, very heavy. Um, so Devil May, I don't know much about Devil May Cry, but Devil, all? Devil May voiceover. Well, I feel like even if you don't, I feel like this is the sort of game, like just like how, well, on the break, Kevin suggested just checking out the cutscenes online. I agree with him on that. And that if you've never played these games, and you don't have the attachment. I bet you'd still get a lot of laughs okay. just from looking up like cutscenes, specifically from the third game. For so sure, they're, they're they're intended to be humorous because oh, yeah, like he's I've a, looked, he's a sarcastic because I've looked, I've looked at the um, like the artwork and how the game looks. I'm like, okay, they these like they want to be Trent Reznor or something. I don't know. Well, <laughs> just, how about yeah. this? <laughs> Kevin brought the track. Let's get him the. Let's give him the. Get it. He can give you the sales pitch. All right, sell it. Sell it to me. Right, well, actually, so I, I might have said three before the song started uh, when I said the song I wanted to bring was from Devil May Cry 3. I, maybe I said that. I don't know. What I actually meant to say, or I want to clear it up, is that Out of the Darkness is from Devil May Cry 4, Got it. where you play half the game as Nero and half the game as Dante. Okay. And the reason I wanted to pick that game and that song is because of the voice acting in the game. And Nero is voiced by everybody's favorite, Johnny Young Bosch. <laughs> he is also quite the stone cutter. I, yeah, I love that guy. He's probably my favorite voice actor. There is, uh, in the cutscenes, some really good acting on his, I mean, on everyone's behalf. Like, th- this game has good voice acting. and But, like, Johnny, uh, in this one part, um, his love interest, Kyrie, gets taken away from him, and he's She's being uh, flown up into the sky and he's jumping, trying to grab at her leg to like pull her back down and he misses and he's screaming her name and he's like, there's all this emotion just like pouring out and he's just like, it, it, it's, it gives me chills. And when I first played the game and after you beat it, you unlock all the cutscenes, And I would just sit there and rewatch that cutscene over and over and over and over again. Because it's just really, really good stuff. I feel like that's so, the sort of bonus that more games need to offer up upon completion so you don't have to play the whole thing through yeah. just to see all that stuff again if you want to revisit it. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in, ju- in just the case, if anyone else uh, out there, if if you don't know who Johnny Young Bosch is, if you're not into voice acting all that much, uh, he's um, second Black Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, he's the voice of uh, Vash the Stampede. He was and great Ichi- that. Yes, yeah. Uh, Ichigo from Bleach. And uh, he's also like the main character uh, in uh, Code Geass. And then like obviously more and more and more and more and more stuff. So if you know his work, you've, prob- you've probably heard him. And uh, I think he did yeah, a recent so- Tales game too. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm going down and see. I got to look it up. I watched a lot of Code Gas. Our friend Kim was like, "Hey, you got to watch this anime." And we sat down and watched like three hours. I just love that you guys yeah. are pronouncing it, it in a way that the actual correct way because I don't know how to pronounce it. And I'm like Code Geese, Geese, Code Geese, <laughs> or Colgate, Colgate. That's a different show. Um, you looking it up? Yeah. Oh, apparently, I guess he may have did a voice in freaking My Hero Academia too. 
Oh yeah, yeah. He 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 he's like uh, he, he'll jump in in, in a, a lot of the newer anime that's out there, hmm. and he'll just kind of be in a couple episodes here and there as like uh, characters that pop in for like two episodes and they're gone. Hmm. So he's always 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 working. So yeah. so he'll play like an MP, a couple of the NPCs here and like like he's always doing something, but then he'll get some main character hits too because he's that freaking good. You know. Um, yeah. I was thinking about voice acting, especially with anime. There's that Cowboy Bebop remake that's coming out. And as we're yeah. recording this, I think it's starting tomorrow. The, the dude, the, the guy they got to play Jet, he sounds mm. so much like the American voice actor to me, like the English voice oh. actor. Yeah, I I actually have not watched the trailer. It's, I'm trying to keep it all close, you know, like yeah. closed off until, yeah. I'm excited about it too. But Whereas um, in my yeah. case, I... Oh, he did the voice of Adachi. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, So... And my and he did all of mine. See, yeah, he's all over games I've played. Dang it! Um, but I'm like the one guy in the current day. Like I've never seen uh, Cowboy Bebop the anime. Still, like I've never seen it except for two episodes, uh, Mushroom Samba and the thing in the fridge. Those are the only episodes I've ever seen. Oh, those, are, those, are, those are fun episodes. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot there's a lot to take in there. I'm hoping I'm I'm really hoping that the live action one, you know has the same heart to it, at least some heart to it. Yeah. I do feel like this might be the catalyst to finally watch the anime though. Cause like, I feel like if people come back and say, you know, even honestly, either response I get, if you guys are like, Oh, the show totally lives up to the anime or nah, this is not a candle of the anime. I still might find myself going, Whoa, it's really that good. Or it's really that. Bad? I mean, it, I better go watch the anime. I mean, it came out like, what was it? 98, 99. So yeah, 98. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I would, I can say it holds up. Yeah. I mean, it's probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually. I'm. I'm, I'm rewatching it right now. Oh, yeah? I watched like the. Uh, I watched a couple episodes this morning, so it's yeah, just to kind of get ready for the live action one. Oh. And and like refresh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's on Netflix. You know, Netflix has the rights to it, so that's why they're doing the original. Yeah, uh, my, uh, my nephews came one. over, and I was like, "Oh, we should watch Cowboy Bebop," and they're like, "What's that?" And I was like, "I'll make you find the DVDs." Like now, I have to find a DVD player. And I was like, "I can play it in the PlayStation." Oh dear God! They're like. <laughs> Rob, everything's on Netflix now. And then they were bored. They're old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were super bored. And I was like, I don't know if this is appropriate. Uh, all right, so uh, for now, you're, you got a bonus round track, but it's a little different, right? Well, maybe not so much different, but different-ish. And I'm glad we were all talking about anime because I was worried that it wouldn't fit into the show. But it totally does now. So uh, originally, I was going to pick a track from the game Popful Male because that is probably... We've got to listen to the voice work from that game. Because that for me was like the first voice work I heard. Was like this is awesome voice work. Like this is legit. I love it. And um, but when I was looking for remixes for this game, mm-hmm. what I ended up coming across was a trailer. Because back in the day, I used to always think that Popflamel would make a great cartoon because again, the way the voice worked it was done in the game. And it turns out they pitched a cartoon. Mm. It didn't get picked up, but they pitched a cartoon for the Pop for Male franchise. And similar to the fact that Male in, in the Japanese game was voiced by Megumi Hashibara, basically the Japanese voice actor, um, essentially she sung a song for that trailer. And it's a good song, um, anime-y though. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes for if you guys like it, but I think it's a great song. It's called No No Pessimist. From the popful male, we wish this could be an anime, but it wasn't trailer. <laughs> Sung and composed by Megumi Hayashi Bara. 
There's more sound. I saw, I saw something. I thought maybe <laughs> someone was going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back. You just listened to No No Pessimist from the Popful Male We Wish Kiki Get an Anime But Didn't promo, uh, sung and composed by Megumi Hayashi Bara. Uh, Popful Male was a franchise. Well, I don't really want to call it a franchise, but it had multiple games. And it was pretty much like the Super Famicom, the Mega CD. And I believe even the PC Engine had a version of Popful Mail on it. Uh, the version that came to America was the Sega CD version, and it was produced by, uh, or basically done by, again, Working Designs, because, again, they were like in all that stuff back then. Uh, I have some fond memories of this game, because this is one of those ones where... Oh, it was published by Working Designs. Yeah, they didn't make it. Game Arts made it. But, uh, it was published by... Uh, I got your fuss. You know what I'm talking about. No, I'm not talking. <laughs> I've been drinking coffee. Anyway, the point is, the point is that I bought the game, played it to death, then sold it for Saturn, like a number of games that I wish I didn't sell for Saturn. Uh, oh. And then a, a good friend, Dave, years later, he came across it at his retail store because he was basically taking trade-ins. The guy sold it to him. This game sells for hundreds of dollars, mm. which means I would never be able to afford to get it back. And he was just like, there you go. You owe me, jerk. And he just gave me the game back. Wow. So it's still sitting in my house. I'm like, oh, I love Powerful Mail. I don't even have the Saturn or the Sega CD hooked up, but I have the game on display because I love Powerful Mail. Um, the premise is essentially Mail is a bounty hunter, money first, questions later, uh, who's on a hunt for an evil wizard named Muttonhead because he's got a <laughs> massive bounty on his head. Love it. And he comes. she comes across a couple of friends named Tat and Gal. Tat being an apprentice wizard and Gal being a really squanchy dragon that loves to eat. And just the voice work that they put in for this game is, to me, it's phenomenal cartoon stuff. Like, you put the sound thing on because it should be listened to, I think. It's, oh, we have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I spent everything, man. I had a voice clip for everything. Oh, my gosh. But, like, it's <laughs> it's interesting in that it's it's cheesy, but it's also extremely effective because... Again, the idea is that it's meant to become like a Saturday morning cartoon sort of thing. And the characters, like, they're voiced in a way that's extremely expressive and just. Fun. This is all hand drawn, like anime, or is it like just like the graphics in the game? Um, this is the graphics in the game. They do like cutscenes okay, okay. too that are anime cutscenes, but they do a lot of voice work in just the normal segments too, which is awesome. And oh, the nice. stuff that we're about to listen to right now is just from our normal stuff. No, the very beginning, zero. Uh, from zero? Oh. Yeah, from zero. Hey! Hey, you! Help! What was that? It... it sounded, um, like... Hey! Are you blind or something? Up in the tree, a dunderhead! <laughs> so it is, like, it is... Huh? During gameplay. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. What in the world are you doing up there? Well, there were all these monsters chasing me. There must have been a hundred of them, and, and they had bulging eyes and, and huge teeth, and, and then they chased me up this tree, and, and, and then the spider dropped down. He almost killed me, but I cut his thread. I have a pocket knife, you know, and then, and then well... <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> that, that, that kid sounded like he could have been on, like, uh, Saved by the Bell, like he was like a '90s teenager, yeah. right? And I'm glad you it's, said it's good. That. I like it. It's and, fun, yeah. And I'm glad you said that because that character, by design, like he's does he's meant to be in a really annoying character. Like he pops up multiple times throughout the game. There's always a scenario where you don't want to see him because he makes things worse for you when mm -hmm. you see him. 
Uh, He's like the least popular uh, Lawrence brother. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. That's very perfect. <laughs> oh, but this is definitely this kid. And his name is Slick. Rob stopped a little early, but that oh. there was his introduction scene. He was going, like, "Hi, oh, I'm Slick. Slick the third, actually, you know." And uh, basically, just like this interaction between him and Mail, where she's essentially like. He's like, take me with you. We can go on all sorts of cool adventures. He's like, do you think like a babysitter or something? I could take you with me if you coughed up like a million gold or something. He's like, how rich do you think I am? Like the delivery that they produce is really good. Like you heard his voice. He was doing that ramble trail that characters will do. It's intended to sound annoying, but it's done in a way we're like, yep, that's the kind of character he is. It's totally there. I see it. And yeah, he nailed it. Yeah. And they do that with all kinds of characters in this game. They do a lot of like ridiculous, like clearly this isn't the official translation period. He's like, there's a character who's like sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and there's like this like Muggsy Bowes penguin. Again, again, this is localization to North America. They're like, how like clearly they're maybe they're spoofing um, Japanese celebrities that we don't know, right? Or or these these voices that are are specific to someone from Japan. Well, here's here's the rub. Come actually. out here. It's like, what can we do with it? Actually, not not necessarily, not necessarily. So with working designs, and they were a lot of people. I have a one friend in particular who hates them for this. I am the opposite. I love them in that when they localized games, they're they were more inclined to just like we want to inject humor as opposed to just give you the direct translation because it might be a similar conversation where it's like, hi, I'm stuck in this tree. Can you help me? But instead, they're like. Let's make it fun. We can tweak this up a little bit. Let's make this guy ridiculously rambunctious. And let's make her sassy and angry. Oh, so they intentionally like punched it all up. Yeah, That's and even cool. the, like, yeah. the text translation, there would be things like uh, like Lunar, one of the most known ones that people talked about in that game, is like a character in one of the first towns talks about he wants to be on the Wheaties box. Now, <laughs> obviously, Wheaties don't exist on the planet Lunar, and Japan right. ain't talking about being on the Wheaties box, and yet... They did this for the game, and it was a funny thing to come across and read from an NPC, whereas the original text was probably something like, I want to be a hero when I grow up. So it's like, I don't want to read that. I don't care if to talk to the NPCs, but I do want to talk to all the NPCs if they might say something irreverent and stupid. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's that's an argument I think some people have, with, especially early, early days of these games. Like when they're brought to North America, should the language be translated, you know, phonet- like verbatim, or should it be... You know, should there be more color added to it? Jazzercise it. Yeah, I know you yeah, want I mean, to jazz I, I, I think at this point, it's it's like, depending on the company and depending on the game. Like, if it's a goofy game and the, the Japanese company who made the game is mm-hmm. cool with it, then yeah, why not? But, you know, if it's like Final Fantasy, then they're not going to be like, I yeah, don't talk about, you know, Wheaties. Well, I agree with you there. That I feel like if I were playing like Final Fantasy X or something, and like Yuna was talking about her entire goal is to do a pilgrimage across Spear so she could become a, a mascot for Wheaties. That yeah, would be right. a bit of a weird plot point. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny you should the mention... The most popular TikTok star. <laughs> <laughs> That's Final Fantasy X too. It's funny you should mention oh, okay. Final Fantasy X because you know I picked from Final Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah, I know you did. So I've played this game <laughs> a billion times. Um, we're going to listen to the travel agency music. This is a jazz quartet arrangement. By nice. uh, Doug Perry.
And we're back. That was the uh, travel agency music from Final Fantasy X. And that was arranged and performed by Doug Perry. And uh, we had some good discussion here about my my video game habits, which which, which we discussed in length on the show already. No, we but we did officially learn that Rob doesn't like the voice work in Persona 5, which Rebecca Gruber will probably appreciate. I, I've talked voice. about this. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's too much. You know, it's, it's again, it's the classic anime style. And I, I mean, I, I, I think of it as classic anime style, but I was watching something with my nephews and like there's the there's always a character who screams every line that they have. Well, that's the not necessarily the classic anime so much as like a character type. It's like the yeah. classic energetic teenager character. Oh, and I just can't deal with it. And like and if you're gonna hear that all the time in these battles and, <clears throat> and through the game, it's just too much it's too much for me. And um you know, you, you, once you start at a at a ten you know, there's nowhere else to go from there. Yeah, all you gotta do is go back and play Silhouette Mirage, though. If you don't like hearing the same thing she yelled over and over again, mm-hmm. that is the only game I can think of where it was bad enough that I couldn't play through the game. Because <laughs> Silhouette Mirage is a game where you have a weapons button and a block button. And every single time you block, which you have to do a lot in the game, she goes, Reflector! Reflector, reflector, over and over and over again. You want to break your head open like a delicious melon and just eat the gooey goodness inside. It's terrible. Now, by that same token, I can't fault them 100% because they did translate it from the Japanese game. In the Japanese game, she yells something every time she puts up a shield too. But it goes back to something I like to say, and I stand behind this feeling. And I'm curious what you think on this too, Kevin, in that... There's that dub versus sub argument that a lot of people make. And when it comes down to subs, one of the main reasons I personally like them, I can't speak for other people, but it's Mm -hmm. not because they're just miraculously better than dubs. My reason for being better preferring subs a lot of times is because since I can't understand Japanese, I don't understand the inflections that I'd expect them to make and that language, like when they raise their voice, when they lower their voice, when they make like a specific enunciation that right. only would be picked up if you know Japanese. So right. I'm not going to be, I can't go, oh, it would have been a better scene if the delivery was just right. It's just, it's like, well, there it is, delivered, it sounded okay, and you can't really judge it. It's just, I'm listening to sounds that work with the right. show. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously... By that same token, if you listen to a good dub, in my opinion, it resonates that much better because I understand English and I know when I'd expect enunciation and pitch it, bends. And as, as a like native that. speaker, you you know a lot of the intention in some of the words. Bingo! Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a lot of the the whole like sub versus dub conversation. I could understand that like back in the 90s when again like anime was like a new thing. So they're trying to find these actors that are doing voices for this new thing called anime. And you know a lot of like a lot of people didn't know what they were doing including behind the scenes, not just the voice actors and stuff, but it's just like behind the scenes like I don't know how we match like lip flaps and you know they say like you know hand me that hot dog, you know, but it takes them like like it takes them like 30 seconds to say it because their language, it it's just like drawn out and a little longer. Mm-hmm. So how do we, what else can we add to it? Or if they say something that's 
what to us would be really long. Like on Wednesdays, I go out to eat pizza every night with my grandmother. They might be able to say that in half that time. So then how are we, you know, like, so then it's like, what, what can we say and change in that direct, uh, translation to shorten it, fit it in that time slot with the lip flaps and put it in English. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard. And, um, like today's actors in anime are, are all very good because there's so many to choose from. Anime has been figured out. So the whole sub verse dub thing now, like if you're talking about my hero academia and naruto and baruto and like all these other you know attack on titan and everything it's like you have some stellar talent in there and it is good it is good acting and like you just you know so i to me that argument doesn't even exist anymore it's Mm -hmm. to me it's just it's dub because obviously i want to be in it (laughs) but also (laughs) i can i can you know if if i have to get up and go um you know, make a sandwich or something for my wife, then like I could listen while I'm in the kitchen and I don't have to like keep trying to turn my head really quick to read every line that's on the Honey, subtitles. Honey, read the subtitles people. while I'm making <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't know. It, it, but again, again, all of this is just personal preference. Mm-hmm. If you like subs better than dubs, by all means, listen to the Japanese voice actors. Um, my only thing is I like Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super is like what got me into anime way back in the day. Yes. And I'm sorry, but like she's super talented. But the woman who does Goku's voice in Japan, like I can't. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't. I have to agree. Too long. I'm yeah. the same here. Yeah, I can say she's fantastic, again, but her, she's just her voice yeah. is at a 10 and you just you just she doesn't drop it. Yeah, I will say two yeah. shows that to me just worked better dubbed over subbed even back then because of just the level of work they put into it and how it came out. Dragon Ball Z and original Dragon Ball are definitely there. So I should say three shows, I guess Dragon Ball, Mm. Dragon Ball Z and Ranma one half. In Mm. fact, this is what I need to look up to confirm and make sure I'm not screwing this up. But I want to say that Viz and the ocean group were like pioneers in getting like good voice dubbing off the ground. Like they had Mm. a technique where they fit all that word, all that wording in. They had like the right amount of words, the right amount of enunciation and the dialogue. It was like, this is awesome. And when people were like, when I went to college and I was like, oh yeah, I watched Ranma One Half and we watched like the, one of the movies and it was like the sub. I was like, why are we watching the sub? And they gave me the look of death. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Of course we're watching the sub. It's got Megumi Hayashi Bar in it. And I'm like, right. no, the dub is just better. It just, it works better. And to this day, looking back on them, I'm like, nah, like, it's just perfect. We make references to that, that dialogue to this day on the letter. And mm-hmm. it's, they, they did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, so they, they were like the pioneers yeah. of like getting like good voice acting and, and good, good, good uh, localization too for some of the. Yes, lines. 100%. And actually, yeah, so- your friend, your fans of Johnny Young, your fan of Johnny Young Bosch, I'd also say that Trigun falls under that umbrella too. Like, that oh, yeah. has a very, very good dubbing. Really good. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, I mean, and so does Cowboy Bebop. I mean, those two hold up so well. It's it's ridiculous. And that was back in, in the 90s when, like, people were like, I don't know, it's anime stuff, so what, what do we do, you know? And so Johnny Young Bosch was on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And so when they would clip in the footage from Japan or anytime they had their helmets on, mm-hmm. they would have to dub over. And um, it was dubbing it, and uh, they were like, 
uh, so, someone approached him and was like, "Hey, yeah, you have a really good uh, voice for um, like anime or dubbing or whatever." He's, and they're like, uh, "You should audition for this show that we're going to be be dubbing. It's a Japanese anime." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe." And they're like, "No, no, no, come on, come on." And then so he did, and he got the part, and it was Vash the Stampede, and, oh. it, and he's just like, he's good at it, you know. He's just like naturally good at it. And the same thing with. Um, a lot of these other people like Sean Schimmel, the guy that does Goku, he like he saw an ad in the paper, you know, because they he did that in Texas and they were like looking for a cartoon voice artist. And he was like, my friends always said I had a unique voice and whatever. And he was a musician. And then he just went to the audition and he got the job and it changed his life forever. And it's, I mean, so, honestly, that Goku voice is iconic. Yeah, yeah. It's back in the 90s, finding anime dubbing work was like it was like the wild west out there it was it was nuts so but uh, yeah but yeah uh, to to your point about talking about the uh you know or how how we were talking about like they say something and it might take them a shorter amount of time so then you got to reword it when i was recording for um so i don't think i've even mentioned it for your listeners or whatever but uh it's Final Fantasy Brave Exvius War of the Visions. It's the Square uh, Square Enix um, gotcha game on your cell phone that you can get. Um, yeah, I, I I voice a character named Velric, uh, and when I was recording, I had two guys in Japan um, on the line with me, and then two guys in the United States. Uh, the guys in the states was the American director of the game and the sound engineer. And then the guys in Japan were it was the Japanese game director mm. and uh, the translator, English translator. And so they would be like, okay, we're going to play you a clip of the Japanese voice actor. So just say what he says, but in English, but with like the same intensity and inflection and tone. And then I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> you no, know, it did, you know, so, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I did, but I didn't and, and it worked. I mean, and that's why they had the the uh, the American director on the line with me, uh, so that if he was like, "Oh, try it more like this." So, but ge- you know, generally speaking, it 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 flew by. It was a ton of fun, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know if you, if anyone out there plays that game or not on your phone, but I play I, I voice Velric, and um, hopefully, I'll have hopefully I'll reprise that character in the future because they cool. always do updates and stuff on it. Yeah. yeah. Is there any talk of like maybe taking some of the characters from like bravely Exvius or brave Exvius or whatnot and like spinning them off into like a console game, like with a full narrative. Cause I know that's the one challenge with the mobile right. games. Like sometimes like they'll have the character like, given their scenario and then they're just a party member in your party. But it'd right. be awesome if they could bring you back on for like, Hey, we're going to give this game, uh, actual full-on game in this world with these characters engaging in a full-length plot. Well, so this game does have a full-length plot, and then and then every so often, um, like they'll they'll add characters from seven and eight and ten mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, but generally, the, all the original characters for that game all have like a storyline going on. Oh, sweet! Including yeah, yeah. including my character. You're probably wondering so my if, char- if they got like spun off into like a like a grander like maybe console like style yeah but hearing what he's yeah, saying they, it yeah. doesn't even need that because this in the case of this yeah. game they do have a full-length narrative it's not just a scenario right i mean i would hope and i would wish that one day that that, that would happen and i can reprise my role and on a bigger you know uh stage like on a console but then the the other thing i i heard um through like reddit and stuff like that was that at some point i mean they were talking about 
pitching it as an actual like an anime. Oh. So yeah, because the game, the game visually, like the characters, they look like they're. It's like Game of Thrones meets Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. There's houses and banners and families, and it's all like you know, mostly like swords and shields and kind of like all that era time era. But then for their one and a half year anniversary, they released Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, stuff like that. Yeah, I want to say I started XVS at some point or one of the XVS games. But then I, I'm not gotcha games didn't really hold my attention as much. But I was like, oh, this is really interesting. There's a whole lot involved in these things. Meanwhile, I know my friend Joe yeah. will play them to death. <laughs> he loves them. So like it just like it just I think it just depends. Like for me, I can get some. I can get a good chunk of time out. But I'm also scared to put it in perspective. Like I used to play Record Keeper, and I originally booted up because a mutual friend of ours was like, "Oh yeah, you'll like it. It's got some Final Fantasy nostalgia. You'll you'll give it a shot." I was like, "I don't know, guys," and I booted up a little bit, and then it became that game. I played on the I played on the can. I played it in the morning. I played it at night. <laughs> Every time I had Mithril, I had to spend it. Like I was obsessed with the game. It was almost borderline scary, but I loved it. But I was also like, "What am I doing? I'm really engaged in this thing. I gotta chill out." Well, we're getting close to that time where we got we got to move on. Oh yeah, Rob's yeah. turning into a pumpkin. I turn into a pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's right. Anyway, so for more information on the bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com to links to the artists' band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere you can go get the music and support the artists. Thank you for joining us on episode 30-5. 30-5. 30-5. Rhythm and Pixels. This is our uh, our talk about voice acting, voice work, a lot of anime talk with our new friend, Kevin. Kevin Komet, thanks for, thanks for uh, joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so we talked a little bit um, uh, before this break here about some of the stuff that you've worked on, but um, you are uh, kind of new into the voice acting world. Is that right? Yeah, I've been uh, at it for about two and a half years, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, and you have some work done on Final Fan. What's the name of the full name of the Final Fantasy game? Yeah, so the Final Fantasy game is uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius War of the Visions. Cool. So yeah. if you want to hear more of Kevin's voice, check that out. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's on iOS and Android. So yes, and I play the character Velric. So check that out. Um, anything else in the pipeline or anything else that you're looking forward to, to, to trying or anything you could talk about that you've uh, looking to audition for? Uh, yeah, well, actually, before this show started, um, I was auditioning for a couple things, but I can't talk about them. Uh, and then uh, I have I'm in a 14 episode Halo Machinima show coming out in Ooh. early next year. Cool. Uh, it's called Halo Rain. Um, I, the, the guy's YouTube is jkp origins on youtube so if you just kind of follow him on there um i'm in 13 of the 14 episodes as a character named mort mm-hmm. um and uh other than that i just you know I'm, I'm taking a lot of lessons and i i just cut a new commercial demo reel that should be done in about a week or so cool um and if if you don't mind i mean i can like uh talk about someone else's stuff or yeah. actually you know what it will because actually i mean i I'm, i am in an rpg game that's free to play 
on a website called GameJolt.com. Yes. Super, yeah, yeah, I, I have super, some stuff up there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, super easy to register. And uh, the game I'm in, it's uh, like a classic SNES looking, you know, like a 32-bit graphic uh, RPG called Eternal Fate. And I play the old storyteller. I play this character named uh, Drunk Greg, uh, Captain Winters, Robin, and the main arch rival in the game um, is. Uh, I just got his part, and I can't think of his name. <laughs> but he's 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 super annoying, so that would be me. And uh, yeah, so go 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 ahead and play that. It's completely free, and the the, the creator of the game. Uh, intentionally is like trying to make this a hard game he like wants people to, to be challenged that's where i'm all so about, save often I will, I will say save often if you pick up a rock off the ground save the game it's uh, <laughs> one of those games where you pick up the rock is like do you want to use the rock you say yes you just eat the rock and die <laughs> yeah. uh, and then also i just wanted to do something uh if it's okay with you guys uh for my for my brother um He's in a he's in a band. Uh, well, he's he, it's he doesn't play shows or anything. They just make music and put it on Spotify. If you liked that twisted metal song that I played earlier, I did. Or if you, if if you like Death Clock from Metalocalypse, if you don't, you're crazy. Yeah, it's right up there. Uh, the band's name is Sahaya, which is from the Dune series. Um, and the name so that's the band's name is Sahaya. S i h a y a. And the song is called Death's Defeat. Mm-hmm. And it was a tribute to our dad who passed away about a year ago. Oh. All right. Well, if you can send us links to that, we'll make sure they're in the show notes and on the website. So if you're listening and Absolutely. you're interested, you can just click those links and check it out right now. Um, but until then, if you want to get in contact. Wait, wait, I, got, I got one more question. One more thing. For, I got to ask him another <laughs> question. One man. more thing. I've been meaning to do this. So you're in the voice acting world. You're getting, you're getting yes, it in. Sir. I'm looking forward to, to a couple of years from now, and I'm like, oh, it's right there. Boy's in that game. But in the interim, what would you say would be like a dream character to voice? Like, if you could voice any character in any game, who would it be? Like existing character? Or if you if you if your dream character is a character who doesn't exist, all the better. I mean, my dream character would be just you know the main protagonist of a giant 500 episode anime. <laughs> right. uh, my, name is, my name is uh, Elephant D. Spoofy. No, we were just talking about how like the Simpsons <laughs> the Simpsons voice actors have been doing this for 30 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, even that, I mean, they get paid more, so yeah, I'd rather do a sitcom <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I would definitely just, I would love to do main protagonist or, I mean, even villain, whatever, as long as it's, I'm in a lot of episodes and Yes. I get to do the convention circuit and, and inspire others to do the same thing that I'm doing because like Prunell said kind of way back in the beginning of the episode is just just do it. Anything in life, anything that you want to do, do it. It's never too late to start. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, I can inspire somebody out there to, to just do it, you know. Well, so. One thing I can say from experience with just doing this show, you, even if you don't think you are. You definitely are. You just don't you. know it, but you definitely yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess aside from that, I guess a fun a fun choice would be uh, 
if I could redo a game, just a personal love game of mine that I, I love and I could be the main character, I would want to I would want to voice Azura from Azura's Wrath. Ah, that game that game is so freaking good. It's so unappreciated, and I really wish Capcom would like make a second one. Uh, you know, I don't know. I could go on about it, but I won't. You pass order, 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 order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob's like, I don't know who my preferred voice character would be. I don't know. I, I just want to be like that guy in a fighting game that just like grunts. I'd be good at the grunting. I go home and be a family man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit there is something cathartic about doing. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is something about it. <laughs> like someone, someone's like, you know what? We need a we need a sound effect of a guy getting punched in the face. I know just the guy. Not me. <laughs> I want to be the guy screaming before he gets punched in yeah. the face. But then stop. And then that's <laughs> because like I'm going to order, 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 order. Oh, yeah. Out of your so. claim to fame, getting getting, <laughs> getting punched in the face. Um, so for uh, if you'd like to get in contact with uh, me and Pernell, I talked about the show. If you have a track suggestion, if you have a topic suggestion, or um, or a guest suggestion, please send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And for a full track listing from this episode, all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes, check out the website, RhythmandPixels.com. You can go to uh, YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have all of our episodes there. And we also have a, a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is tell people about it, hit the subscribe button, or you can go to Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And there you get access to... Um, uh, prequel episodes every week. You get access to a monthly live streamed episode. You get um, cool like stickers, mugs, and t-shirts. And we like to thank all of our uh, Patreon members at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So we'd like to thank Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Ulf Person, Vashon8060, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Camille, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. <laughs> Christopher Shenstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM Podcast, Michael Jennings, who I believe is a new... Is, it, is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, no, what are you doing? I thought there was some... Pumpkin! My bad. Uh, <laughs> thank uh, Rage Cage, Reinhard Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, the Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. 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 Um, <laughs> thank you all so much and, and many more for your continued support of our of our little show. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And, and uh, again, if there's anything you're like, hey, you know it would be awesome if you did a tightrope walk while spinning a bar over your head, let us know. <laughs> and um, don't forget to check out our um, our social media pages for when our anniversary show will begin we might be doing some uh, some game streaming as well last year we had a track and field tournament oh, that was fun <laughs> we did the caveman olympics well a lot of silly nes games we had a lot of a lot of good times uh playing those games so we might do that again this year and we also have our 300th episode coming up in december so we'll have something wow. fun planned for that as well so um thank you everybody for listening thank you kevin for joining us on thank the you. show it was a yeah, blast you, yeah you're, you're welcome back anytime and that's thank you personal. yeah hopefully maybe in another couple of years if i'm doing something bigger and better i'll come back on and do it again 
Or yeah. if you're at a year, you're doing a baking game and you have some awesome recipes to share, come back on anyway. <laughs> or a month from now, if you're bored and you're like, hey, I want to do that again, just come on over. Damn right. <laughs> All also, right. shameless plug, if, if, if anyone out there is in the industry, commercials, promo, anime, anything, hire me. Just hire me. KevinCometVO at gmail.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. You should have did that earlier. Yeah, we should have <laughs> like, let off with that. Like, all right. <laughs> shameless my butt. Get your name out. Flip right. it. Paste it in the beginning, all right? Yeah, well, I'll do that. I'll, I got you. I got you. Sign it down, will you? Um, yeah, anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week. And remember... Well, I had a whole thing planned, but Kevin beat me to it. Basically, if you have an idea for something, if you have a dream or a goal that you feel as though you need to set it, you would like to set out to do, you'd like to consider doing it, but you just haven't had the energy, you haven't felt like you had the talent, there's so many people better than you, whatever. Screw that. Who the hell cares? Do it any damn way. It's a creative action. It's it's an outlet to voice your inner self. You want to be out there. Put yourself out there. Because you never freaking know. You could be the thing that someone's been looking for. You could be the next big thing. And even if you're not, you're still trying. And you're putting yourself out there to do something you are personally passionate about. And there ain't a damn thing wrong with it. Do things you want to do while you tend to do them. Because we're not guaranteed any time. So use it to the best of your ability. And have fun with it. 